0: friends, welcome back to the Friends of Gabrini podcast and we are here today with a special guest. Her name is Moji from West Africa. She's an amazing homeschooler, philosopher, and nutritionist. Welcome to our podcast. How are you today?
1: Hi, thank you for having me. Um, I am good. I'm good and I'm looking forward
0: to our chat. Yes! <laughs> Fun chat today. So much to talk about, right? Mm So for those that are listening, uh, one thing that I feel that they should know is that you take a holistic approach to homeschooling. And I think that is so important because not only are you educating your child's mind and, 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 you know, mental but then also your word and concern about their physical being, their well-being, what they're eating, what are they putting inside of their bodies. And mm-hmm. as we all know, the things that we eat also play a role in how we feel and how we think as well. So can you talk a little bit about um, just your experience and how you got started? Walk us through your journey.
1: Yeah, Yes. So I think I feel like I, so I am a mother of one and also I I'm in birth work. Like I'm a doula, I study midway free, um, and things like that. So I feel like a lot of mothers, a lot of women actually once they birth They become more conscious of their bodies and the, what they're eating. I feel like a lot, more, a lot of women do that, have that, um, have that aspect of motherhood that comes in, and so that's. I'm definitely one of those people who started thinking about. I mean, I already started. I already like there are some things that I already started doing on my own, um, but definitely after having my daughter. I would think more systemically about what I'm putting into my body, how it's affecting my body, having energy enough to do things, and how what I eat or don't eat affects that. Um, so, but my real, my story was that when, after having my daughter, um, well, before I already stopped having, I, I stopped taking, um, like over-the-counter painkillers. That was one. That was the first thing, really, that I stopped doing for for my period pains. I stopped taking over-the-counter painkillers. Painkillers. Um, I did that when I was like maybe like 20 years old, um, and I don't really remember why. It was because they were causing stomach. They would cause my stomach to hurt. I was a leave was my go-to um, over-the-counter painkiller. And so I just stopped it. That was one of the first things I did, like as a like disciplining what goes into my mouth. Um, and then after having my daughter, um, I worked at a daycare, so I would meet lots of different people. And one of the mothers was t- talked to me about being um, celiac, having like a um, very um, Strong reaction to wheat. And so, and then she described like all her symptoms and what happened after the doctor diagnosed her and uh, asked her to stop. And I, I, I'm one of those people, I would just try and do things just to see how it affects me. And um, a lot of the symptoms that she described were things that I felt like fatigue um, pain abdominal pain um, just constant uh, not 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 at ease you know and so I stopped eating week for a weekend <clears throat> for a weekend and it was like night and day um I felt so good and so I kept that up for years um, because actually it became really strong if I would eat it I will have like I will throw up and be really sick this is something that I was eating before and then now after I stopped if I ate it I'll become like really sick for days and it was really that was the first thing that really made me realize how our bodies can be used to doing something (laughs) it can be really under stressed and still keep chugging along and chugging along you don't really realize that you're doing something that's hurting yourself until you stop you know (laughs) and then your body and then you have to just listen to your body after that it's like you just she the body does not want this thing inside you and you notice the different like but i've went years eating this without ever thinking that it was affecting me so wow yeah right i think
0: that's i think that's so key when you say to listen to your body and a lot of us i feel like don't really even know what that is what that means you know because we just eat things that are so not good i know here in uh the states um, you know there's a lot of like fast food that's just running rampant in a lot of the uh, local uh, low income and in just disadvantaged communities and so we're just really eating like on basically like garbage food you know that's yeah. not properly prepared it's not new nu- I mean it may taste good but it's actually not really nutritious you know um, I, I remember last year my son, or actually two, almost two years ago now, my son and I, um, we were reading a book and it was just a funny little book on a, like a little character that loved cheese. And I told my son, I said, you know, I think maybe we should discover about cheese. And he was like, yeah, let's learn about cheese. You know, he was with it. And so... We had to end up doing a cheese unit, but in the process of that, we learned so much about like how McDonald's, when they make those burgers, that's plastic. That cheese is plastic. Mm, It's mm -hmm. not real. And from Mm. that point on, we, I was just like, no more. (laughs) No more. We're not, we're not eating this stuff. Let's, let's figure out what's real, what's not, what's real meat, what's not, you know, Mm. just oh my God, so much. So we're, actually on a health kick as of today um as of today <laughs> we are on a health kick now so we have 30 days to go and try to change everything completely <laughs> all the <Wow>. way over <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a lot <laughs> 30. It's, it, I mean, cool. it's, it's worth it it's worth it because you know like you're saying you don't you're not listening to your body and then you don't yeah. know why you're getting all these different ailments and Pains mm-hmm. and things like mm-hmm. that, and it's because yes. you've been eating the wrong things for so long. Mm-hmm. So, I so how, it, yeah. how how do you teach your children how what is good for them and what is not? You know, how do you set mm-hmm. that into their routine?
1: Yeah. So, yeah, that's one of the things I um, like. For like you said, like we are not listening to our bodies, and then our bodies are trained from a young age Uh, we're trained from a young age to not listen to our bodies um from like when we wake up to everything just everything about our when we eat everything a lot of things this power is taken away from us as children um that so much so that we numb a lot of our senses our own you know um connection to our bodies and so for me, what I've learned as a parent who is trying, who is um, healing herself, as well as trying to teach somebody to heal, is what I've realized is like it's not me necessarily teaching her, but it is me healing myself and having her be being able to witness that. But also, it is me letting her because. So the point is, what I notice with adults is not that they don't know what's good for them and what's not good for them. It's that they don't have the discipline, the mind, the will to, to, to say, I'm not doing this anymore, to just like, to really just um, let their body lead them. Their mind or their emotions or something comes or will come in and they'll fall back. It's always like a, a cycle. Thing. That's what I've I've seen in adults, and so and what part of what I'm learning as a parent, who's um, you know I like to say unschooling through the lens of uh, raising a free person, is that I need to let her learn how her body to listen to her body, and sometimes that is to eat, mm. can so, you know that is to eat what what some things that she does that. Um, you know, she, I don't control what she does. If she has, um, like there was a time when she would go trick-or-treating and I would not be the kind of parent that would be like, okay, only five candies today, only two this or only that. No, she ate whatever she wanted. She wanted to eat whole bag. <laughs> she could eat the whole bag. <laughs> but the point was for her to learn to listen to her body, for her to learn to notice things that happen to her body you know and and so you would go through in if when I realized that instead of stressing out trying to force her to do something and then having her have like some this having like this power struggle with food which I don't I definitely didn't want um, I realized that letting her just do whatever she wants and then also but the thing that I do control because you know, we there's a whole lot about not controlling and not controlling, but there are some things that we want to control. Um, and me as a person, I like to control what I spend my money on. And so right. that is that is the as a parent, as a per as an adult who's making the money, that is that's part of the boundaries that I do keep. With um, that's that's what I will spend my money. I don't spend my money on fast food. <laughs> I just don't. I've i made that decision before, and you know, and my daughter knows <clears throat> that we, I, that's not something that we spend money on. That I spend money, and she wanted. She made her money, some money. Even now as a kid, she can make money and she can buy candy or whatever she wants to buy. But there are some things that I wouldn't buy for her, um, or spend a lot of money on. Consistently for her.
0: Are you enjoying the podcast? Remember to subscribe to Friends of Cabrini on Spotify. Now back to the episode.
1: For at the house. So there are those things that I do guide. Um, used to guide. But in gen and also, you know, what I have at the house, you know, obviously if we don't eat at McDonald's, I also try to I'll definitely buy um, you know, wholesome foods. We cook at home. She knows how to cook. She was, you know, cooking and eating is normal for her. Um, you know, more than going out yes. to eat. Stuff that like is so that. Awesome.
0: You know. That yeah. that is so awesome. I love like being able to model what nutrition what nutrition really should look like and you yeah. you, know, you just mentioned like cooking at home home cooked meals are so important because right now we're living in a new age where everything is fast everything has to be quickly done and and gotten to you you know and sometimes there is a lot more pleasure in simply making the meal together as a family because you get to have dialogue and conversation Mm -hmm. and you get to learn together and you really get to learn how quality meals really should be made versus your mcdonald's and burger
1: king (laughs) yeah i yeah it it makes it yeah it's a whole culture and you know that's one of the things it's a whole culture around around that too you get the feelings that you get with cooking it's all it's all um creates um an attachment process um when you when you do it and the thing is that it, it becomes like a whole thing because if you don't have time if you're working you know all day till 5 you get home at 6 or six thirty. 30 there's just you have to give yourself time. You have to actually um value it enough to make time for it. And so it becomes a whole lifestyle change if you if that's something that you really value that you have to and, and that your 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 lifestyle isn't aligned with that you have to like really change. That's why you have to do those kind of things in order for your children to really learn. Um, that at least that's what i'm learning as a as a as a parent is that you, that's the best way for them to learn uh, that's the yeah. best way for them to learn and to remember and that's also the best way for you because um a lot of us are learning these things too as we go we are healing ourselves as we try yeah. to teach our, our yeah our children you can't just be doing whatever and then telling your child to do something else that's what the school system does
0: they yes. teach them
1: all about vegetables and all that And then they feed them corn dogs <laughs> Right, oh my god, yes
0: yeah, right? Especially here in the United States There's so, yes. it's, oh my gosh There's so much trash in the school systems When it comes to the food And then the content It's just, uh, it's a damn waste Oh my yes. gosh yeah. So, you know, I, I know you guys are in West Africa so talk to me about what is it like homeschooling there are there any specific laws or you know structures um put in place where you have to like follow a certain process and how you kind of do things in your own individual journey
1: um well okay so i'm sure it's different for different countries i am in what we now know as um, benin which is right between next to Nigeria and and between Nigeria and Togo Um, and so here I mean like most a lot of it well West Africa is all um, mostly indigenous It's, it's a land that is where mostly the people who are living there are indigenous to the land um, okay. I say so I say that because it's it's one of the things that moving from the United States well I was born here and then I moved to the US and then moved back with my daughter Um and so I'm saying that because I noticed that the US which is a colonizer settler colonizer which is not where most people are not from there are not indigenous to the land it really affects the way the laws are and how people are, the culture is. And so here, you can do whatever you want, <laughs> basically. There's no like, the government is not as much into people's personal lives. Um, you know, basically. So the average, the, uh, you know, the system, the colonizer system is a French education system. Um, okay. And so, um, and so yeah, that's that's the education system there is. But if your children don't go to school, then they just don't go to school. And a lot of the people, a lot of people here, um, stop going to school or don't go to school. The indigenous way is to learn, apprentice, learn a trade. And so most people who don't go to school learn a trade, and uh, like sewing, like the you know, seamstresses. There's lots of seamstresses. There's lots of Plumber, there's this, um, carpentry, things like that. You learn a trade and then you do that. That's the indigenous way of just living. Like, so most people, if they don't go to school, they do that. Um, but yeah, there, there's no, so like, thing to do. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, it's pretty... Uh, one of the reasons why I started doing it was because why I started um, really seeing... Homeschooling and unschooling as something that was possible for me um, was by when I came back here in 2016 to just to visit. 2015, 2016, I came here to visit, and it had been a long time since I was away. <clears throat> and um, you know, I noticed that the people who were the least educated <laughs> could speak like three, uh, three or four more languages. They were. um, They could do math all up in their heads, like easy kids, like easy. A lot of people, you know, you learn money in the streets, you know, because you have to haggle. You sell. A lot of people sell with their families, Um, and so, like, you know, they were really amazing, intelligent, but this, you know, they thought of themselves as lower, you know, simply because they didn't have those degrees or pass those tests um but that's that's kind of what led me to the kind of homeschooling and unschooling that I'm doing I'm not trying to like necessarily um I'm trying to emulate more of the relax and then find something that you want to do in your community you're just living in your community you find out what was needed and you figure out what you want to do and you figure yourself out i'm not like um i'm not pushing any curriculum i'm not um you know and stuff like that i feel like just being especially since we've moved from the u.s to here there's a lot to learn just from that change of pace and lifestyle
0: yeah. I, I think that is so genius because that's exactly what unschooling is really all about. It's finding your passion and your interest and in, in figuring out how can you use those skills freely to connect with the world, you know? Exactly. I know you mentioned that a lot of people there feel like they're not, um, I guess, on, on similar level with those that are attending schools, but they may actually be far ahead. <laughs> I, think, I think they are. I think they, they are. They may actually be far ahead. Yeah, I don't see a need to really even compare. <laughs> <laughs> right? But that's a whole
1: <laughs> another thing that, you know, people, you're, that's a whole other um, state of consciousness that a lot of people don't have. And and it's it's important that people start to see, in a lot of my work, Um, like with the retreats that I, uh, which I haven't talked about, but I have people come here to learn indigenous um, um, plant medicine, herbal medicine, and just lifestyle um, ways that are used to preserve um, fertility and for postpartum care and different things. So we learn the herbs that are used locally for that. Anyway, so by doing that, even a lot the people that I work with, the herbalists and the midwives, they, when I first approached them, they wanted to impress me with their Western knowledge, and so just bringing that awareness is part of what I do, and that's part of why I wanted to unschool here at, in here, at where I consider home, and um, where there where I have a connection to Indigenous African that this this the whole system the indigenous system is valued is valuable (laughs) and just um even just not going not you you don't have to go to school to have value and to having to be considered an intelligent person and to achieve things you know what i'm saying so yeah it's a whole it's beautiful that that is being done but I, i also want to let people know to value it because it's um it's it's if it's not valued then it can easily be disappear.
0: <laughs> yes, very correct. correct. I, I agree one hundred percent with you. I know you mentioned that you guys transitioned from the United States over to there. So I'm curious to know, like, did you see any changes as far as how the educational systems work within both countries? Um, any changes or any similarities? Wait, is that way? you just for similarities or changes? Yeah. Oh, yeah. If there's. Well, I, I. I actually let's go with both. Actually, like a compare and contrast. So, did you see like any things that may be similar versus you know any things that you might have thought that was a little different once you got back there?
1: Uh. Yeah. Well. um Schooling wise is definitely well. The the. The similarities are just the obvious, um, kids are, have to have somebody over them and have to have permission to do um, this and that. Um, but it's different as in like the food.
0: Are you enjoying the podcast? Remember to subscribe to Friends of Cabrini on Spotify. Now back to the episode.
1: But it's things that are usually made. It's local stuff. And somebody from around the way is coming there to sell it. (laughs) You know, it's not some... um, business transaction between some corporations and the school system that's providing the slices of pizza or whatever so that's the culture is um, definitely different simply because it's more um, yeah it's less controlled by the government Um,
0: I I love that I actually I don't know if you are aware there's a company here in the United States um, called Airmark and they actually make the food for the a lot of the public schools. But in addition to the public schools, they actually also make the food for a lot of the prisons, the prison mm-hmm. institutions here. And a lot of times they're serving terrible food to the prisoners. So I've always had the question of wondering, like, could they possibly make the mistake in sending one of those boxes <laughs> of, 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 you know, meal preps or whatever they call them to the schools? Because, mm-hmm. you know, I've seen, I've seen like on YouTube, there's video footage of like maggots and little bugs and oh, things gosh. like these mixed into the food. And that's what they're serving to the prisoners. But yet this is the same company that serves the public schools, And I'm mm. just like, it, it's, it's so just gut wrenching and, and it's ridiculous. You are so yeah. right when you say the government is connected because it's it's just too much. It's mm. it's too much.
1: <laughs> yeah. There's a lot not of similarities. To, not
0: to turn your stomach. Not to turn your stomach. <laughs> yeah that is gross. <laughs> it is gross, oh, right? Yeah. But but yeah. I'm so glad to hear that it's completely different there. Like we do need to see more locally grown food, more, uh, you know, city farming and, and things like that. And I think that's so important. And there's a lot of land and a lot of space for that in a mm-hmm. lot of the major cities like Chicago, New York, Atlanta, LA, you know, I think there's just not a push for it. They're just not pushing for it. And I feel like if yeah. there was enough people that would push for that, there there actually could be a real change and you can see a real shift in not only how communities are fed but how the public school systems are also fed as well.
1: Yeah, there was a, p- a time when there was little things happening in different places of farm to school things, but it died out. And also there has to be in the US especially with things like this, it cannot be like a trickle down from the government. Well, at least that's what I see. It can't be and it won't it won't happen that way unless it's already something toxic, especially in the school system. It won't, which is why people are leaving the school system is that they realize that it's a system that is just gonna keep on living <laughs> no matter what it spits out. And that you have to just, you have to get Yeah, I mean, You have to not necessarily even get out of it, get out of the mindset that it's, you need it um even if you do use it somehow some way in your path like there has to be a um like something like farm using having good food in schools i really don't see it happening if we're if it's going to be a systemic thing um. me it will only happen in these alternative schools um alternative learning spaces you know i mean at least that's how that's how i i feel about the school system yeah in the u.s
0: i I absolutely agree you so so you said something i want to go back a little quick second you said something earlier about um the classes as far as like birthing classes and doulas and things like that and I wanted to know do you offer classes like that for young children maybe middle schoolers or high schoolers
1: um no I don't right now I I spoke out um, and I've spoken about adolescence and um, sensuality and um, things like that but um, at the moment I don't I don't provide lessons but it's um it's something that i do i'm willing to talk to people about but um i don't provide any i think that would be
0: i feel like that would be a really good fit um and maybe even that's something that you might even be able to kind of pursue and, and push maybe for virtual you know online as well because here in the united states i don't know if you're familiar but Um, you know, when it comes to moms going into birth and to the, the hospitals here, there's been an uptick of African and African American mothers that have, you know, died at the hands of doctors, hospitals, just trying to have birth or give birth to their children. And so Mm -hmm. I think that if we, if we maybe start to educate our children, our young ladies a little bit younger, prior to them having their children Mm -hmm. I think that can also assist with making the shift right as far Mm -hmm. as simply that approach when it comes to just medical things and taking care of your bodies and really being able to advocate for yourself because a lot of a lot of our our African and African American women they're not able to advocate for themselves or they don't have anyone there for them during that type of time when they're in need and so Mm -hmm. it's kind of like they are they kind of fall under to to whatever it is that the hospitals want you know whatever their agendas are there's definitely been an uptick with moms who have passed uh, do, during childbirth and then there's also been a huge uptick with moms um, where the hospitals are pushing for c-sections mm-hmm. and instead of you know they're just being the natural births and I think it's if we can really just like from the homeschool front if we can really just educate young ladies much earlier and men too right if we can educate the, the women and men a lot earlier before they become parents mm-hmm. they will have a good understanding of what that journey could possibly look like for them and then they'll be able to choose for themselves right if they want to mm-hmm. actually go the route of birthing in a hospital or in the case of how how you're doing things so I think that's so awesome that you are doing um that and having conversations but I just wanted to encourage you and say I think you should <laughs> I think you should you know um mm-hmm. it's it's definitely a need and i mean you there's always teen pregnancies as well right where they're young and they definitely don't know so Mm -hmm. it's needed Mm -hmm. that's yeah
1: that's um definitely a need um and something that is important and that i'm seeing also is important even locally here um in the U.S., I, I worked with some teen moms before. It was like a, dou- a doula community, a community doula program that I started in in Florida, and just teaching them one that they have because uh, it was at a school that was had a section that um, part that was for teen moms, young moms, and just letting them know that they have a right because a lot of some of their professors, teachers, treat them like they don't have any, you know, power over their own kids or, you know, they just like belittle their them in a way. And um, yeah, just knowing your body, being able to listen to your body, being able to advocate for yourself. But a lot of people who do come to my retreats here, you know because i'm a birth worker and i connect with birth, work, birth workers of the u.s who come here that's a lot of what we talk about a lot of what we see what um, they see here for example women are working hard um you know you see a lot of places a lot of women it's not like they don't have um running water in the home so they go to the well to get water Or the children do, or you know, just the family does. It's a lot more work to just be. Um, However, like there's less maternal deaths. There's Mm -hmm. much healthier uh, births. Babies are born plump and happy, and you know, and um, and healthy. And women are you know well cared for after birth. Um, And so these. These kind of things that we talk about is that in the US, there's also the stress of living in that environment. So it's really important to also think of the environment that you're in, um, because people here will probably assume that because of the stress of living, which is really not stress, it's more work, but it's not stressful work, Um, as opposed to the US where black women are actually more prone to, um, um, what's it called? um preeclampsia which is yeah um, yeah which is a stress related uh, thing that is not even non-existent here you know where people are doing a lot more work but you know those kind of things um is uh so stuff that we talk about and um yeah you're right i'm adding the whole um at least here locally i am actually just writing up like a course for women here girls to teach them to teach more because to teach about how to prevent pregnancy naturally um, that's a knowledge that I feel like is a lot of young girls don't have here for some reason um,
0: yeah, yeah and
1: which it would be very empowering to them to be able to um, <laughs> kind of control that to at least have some knowledge about how to control that um yes yeah but yeah i'll definitely think about doing something virtually also
0: that's that's very interesting i agree so what other fun things do you have going on for you and your family this year what are you looking forward to for the new academic year um yeah so (laughs) i don't really have academic years
1: but we are my daughter (laughs) is is really interested in um, taking bass guitar lessons and i just found a place um last weekend i've known the place but i never gone there but i just found a place that looks really interesting for that um i'm working on just like getting her to do more things out of home because we're very um and me myself too i've gotten very used to being home a lot um so i guess what we're working on is just doing more things being conscious about what we want to dive into and then um budgeting and putting um, energy towards that um because right now i feel like we're just not even thinking about what we want like she draws she's an artist but i want her i want us to actually like put energy financial energy into things that we want um to get better at um so yeah that's kind of things i'm taking voice lessons and um doing different things but yeah that's you guys sound um, like
0: big you guys sound like big music lovers is that right
1: yeah yeah we
0: yes we do we like
1: i'm a we everybody in my family loves music some kind of way (laughs) that's true (laughs) we are
0: yeah awesome (laughs) awesome that is so cool to know guitar lessons and voice lessons singing i love it Mm -hmm. i love it i can't sing it i definitely can't play guitar but i encourage everyone (laughs) I, I encourage everyone that is in the music field and if that's if that's your jam i encourage it i love i love the music so yeah. i think i have more of an ear for listening than i mm-hmm. have of the, the other gifts <laughs> So <Yeah. laughs> awesome yeah. that is so beautiful. well thank you so much for joining us i would love to have you on again to talk more a little bit more about um, you know your your work that you do uh, as a birth worker and all of that amazing stuff because that that is that content is so needed. Those conversations are absolutely needed to be had, and I think it's just going to keep you know that's just going to keep growing that that mm-hmm. field that space is going to keep growing just because there's so many uh, developments and things with that. But I want to say thank you so much for joining us today and. Please feel free to share um, any contact information if you would like for anyone to reach out to you, maybe for consulting services for from you or anything of that nature.
1: Okay, we will do. Thank you so much. Um, it was great talking to you also and um, yeah, I would love to come back and talk about all those things.
0: <laughs> I, I love to talk. <laughs> absolutely yeah Yeah. thank you for joining us and listeners if you are listening you can continue to listen and subscribe to the friends of Cabrini podcast on spotify or any of your listening locations apple podcasts and etc and we will see you guys next time